and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Kristen and Hannah sat down to talk about The Incredibles. Hey, Kristen. Thanks so much for being on. Hi, Hannah. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about how we've kind of come to know each other? Sure. So I'm Kristen. I am a fifth grade teacher in Austin, Texas area. This is going to be my 10th year of teaching. I'm in my mid thirties. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) I was about to say how old I was and I'm like, I'm just going to, going to not. I'm in the middle somewhere. (laughs) Um, I have been married to my husband for eight years. We have known each other our whole lives. Uh, that's a whole nother story. It's real cute, <laughs> but uh, talk about that later. We love Disney. I bought a cork board today just for our Disney pins. Yay! And yes, I'm so excited. We are from San Diego. We grew up going to Disneyland, all things Disney movies, Disney Channel, like Disney has been huge in our lives. And yeah, we have a four-year-old son. Mickey Mouse is one of his favorite things to watch every day. Cars, Disney, Disney, Disney. He has his own like, you know, little name thing on the on the Disney app. And as soon as we can take him to Disneyland, we're going to, which Yay! probably, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> we'll be soon. Never. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and then oh, we yeah. met through Instagram. Yes. Which um, is kind of crazy. Yeah, we were, we've done, we talked about this <laughs> earlier. We met at a book club online and yes. we, <laughs> Hannah and I are both uh, Enneagram sevens. And that means that we like to start stuff and then not finish it. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah was like, I'm not reading these. Peace out. <laughs> We still kept in touch, but yeah, we we sevens are real go-getters in the beginning, aren't we? (laughs) Yes. I'm really bad at overcommitting. Yes. That's where my biggest spot is. Like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'll do all the things. Like, I know you're the same way Uh because you've talked about it on your Instagram stories. If they wanted to follow you on Instagram, do you mind sharing your handle? I'd love to. Uh, Coffee, teach, mom, repeat. So a little bit of a little bit of teaching, a little bit of momming, whole lot of coffee and some plants and some plants. <laughs> Forty-two <laughs> plants, I counted. Oh my goodness, that's so I, many. Just, just a couple, just a couple plants, just a few. <laughs> well, we'll just jump right in. Go ahead and tell us what movie you picked and why you picked it. All righty, I picked The Incredibles, which has just been one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies since it came out in 2004 I remember seeing it with my family and we were a family of four and it just I loved the the family dynamic of of their little superhero family and I love the behind the scenes aspect of it like oh they're superheroes but they're actually real people and we get to see the the real you know the real version of them behind the scenes and and I just you know, I've been begging for a sequel since Pixar started doing sequels. Like, why did they have to do another Toy Story sequel when we could have done this? Like, three is enough. Four is enough. Like, come on. So it's been real nice that we got, you know, the extended version of my favorite movie. Yes. Yes. So 
go ahead and tell us a little bit of the story. We're all I took some serious notes. Oh my gosh, so many notes. So basic story. We've got superheroes living at large uh, in this place called Munisenberg. They are doing superhero things. They're saving cats out of trees and stopping robbers and purse snatchers. And something happens that, you know, basically the superheroes get sued. And that's the part that makes it real, right? And all the superhero movies like, oh, they're fine. It's a superhero. Oh, he got away with it. It's fine. This one. Mm-hmm. Superheroes get sued and they have to go underground. So this movie is so great because it's not we don't get to see the hero's journey so to speak we see like the journey of a hero who's been like degraded and 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 sad and and his like rise back up to where he needs to be as a family man instead of like an origin story it's like the reverse origin story like he needs to he needs to be a man he needs to be the family man yeah and and how i yeah so that's that's the basis of the story where we're we've got superheroes where we're getting to see the the fall and the rise of superheroes again so yeah it's kind of the shorthand of it but i really the characters in this movie we start out with mr incredible elastigirl and frozone and they're like the top crime fighters in their city they you know, we, we see and we're introduced to Mr. Incredible first and then we get to know him as Bob. And he, you know, he he kind of is like this all powerful, like superhero. He's the, the well-rounded one, the most liked. And it turns out he's got a fan. He's got a super fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a swim fan, so to speak. <laughs> and his name is Buddy or as he likes to call himself, Incrediboy. And Buddy is like crazy. Buddy needs a dad figure. <laughs> Buddy, yeah, for real. <laughs> Buddy's poor, poor Buddy. He he just can't, you know, he can't separate reality from his reality, from mm-hmm. like how he feels about Mr. Incredible and this this big superhero. He definitely idolizes Mr. Incredible and he tries to help Mr. Incredible, but ends up you know, making things worse. So a string of things happen where, you know, Mr. Incredible saves this man from jumping off of a building. And then, you know, he tries to save, um, we, we get one of the best superhero names, bomb voyage. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. brilliant. So he stops bomb voyage, but Incrediboy comes back around and is trying to help. And he makes a really poignant comment that says like, all right, you said, that you know you've got to be your best like self but like what if you don't know what that is and Mm -hmm. he says something like you know i i can be super too i made my boots they're rocket boots like i i can be super and it's like the whole struggle of the movie is is it seems like buddy or anyone else really the supers are trying to figure out like what can i be if not for being super Mm -hmm. so so as buddy is like i'll go help i'll go get the police Bomb Voyage puts a bomb on his cape. And there's so many themes throughout the whole movie that are so great. And one of them, other than the ones we talked about, is capes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bomb on the cape. Mr. Incredible jumps out the window with him trying to save him, even though Buddy doesn't know why he's hanging onto his cape. And ends up with this huge disaster. The bomb, you know, Buddy's fine. The bomb explodes on this train track. The train goes down. All these people get hurt. 
and Mr. Incredible gets sued, right? We don't know that though. That happens right after a little bit of happiness, a little bit of happiness. We see Mr. Incredible and Mrs. Incredible kind of flirt in the beginning and she's not Mrs. Incredible. Oh my gosh, I misspoke. She's Elastigirl. We see them flirt while like saving this, not saving, what? They save some person. They're just fighting. Yeah. yeah. They're like play fighting, like, ooh, and you think it's real fun. And then you realize that he's going to go get married to her and uh something <laughs> i love the foreshadowing in this movie like that's one of my favorite parts of english class you know like senior year english class is like the super obvious like this is foreshadowing where <laughs> you know they're standing there getting married and bob's late and this seems to be like a theme like he's at the beginning of the movie he has already prioritized superheroing <laughs> over getting to his wedding yes yeah he's like oh i've got time i can save somebody else no he's already prioritized his superhero-ness over his family so she has this statement she says you've got to be more than mr incredible you know that don't you as long as we both shall live no matter what happens we're in this together and he says hey we're superheroes what could happen so obviously as i mentioned got some lawsuits lawsuits happen this is mr incredible he is the one that did this like he is the one that started the okay superheroes need to like go away we can do this without them but it really is all bob's fault (laughs) i just put that together like you don't hear about any of the other superheroes like getting in trouble until Mm -hmm. after bob does so we've got the superhero relocation program the supers can never resume hero work and it's kind of sad. We got the like newspaper flashing through, you know, the lady in the background talking about how everything is bad. So we flash forward 15 years and we see a super sad Bob. And another theme throughout the movie is everybody makes fun of Bob because he's gotten fat. He does what every other adult does and you get complacent in your life and you just eat the food. <laughs> you, just, you just eat your feelings. <laughs> Plus, like, I feel like there's no incentive for him to, like, what's the point of him working out? Exactly. Strong. So, like, why bother? Yeah, exactly. He's already strong, but he's, like, he's got nothing. I mean, his whole identity was taken away from him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's the superhero identity and the real identity, and, like, that was one and the same for him. I feel like he did not separate his life from his superhero-ness. And so when the superhero-ness... I gotta have real words here someday, but (laughs) the superhero part is taken away and he has nothing. Even though he's got a family, we see, you know, he's trying to help someone because that's what he, he's trying to get like a little semblance of superhero life back, but he's helping people in insurance and he's clearly unhappy about it. So he's trying to like find loopholes to help people. And we find out he's got a son who has inherited some powers of speed And he uses them to mess with his teacher, which, you know, sounds like a lot of kids, I know, (laughs) (laughs) messing. But uh, we find out his mom, Helen, or Elastigirl, won't let him go out for sports um, because he's too fast and they don't, they want to keep his superhero-ness hidden. So um, we've got Dash, we have Violet, who's the daughter. She can become invisible and she's interested in this boy at school, Tony Redinger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we see them in a mid-century. They pull up to this mid-century house. It's got like new old vibes. And then I think you said it actually takes place. Old? It's old? Yes, in the 60s. Ah, so, all right. So it's not it's not modern, it's just mid-century. 
Yes. <laughs> it's like legit. So <laughs> Bob gets home from work. He's just dejected. You can see that he's had, I mean, his daughter's in middle school. So Bob, he's been bumming it for 15 years. He's super sad. He arrives home. We just, he's, he seems to break everything. Like nothing's going right for him. And, and we see him, you know, use some strength to pick his car up. Like he's going to throw it. And this kid sees him and he's mm -hmm. watching him and he's like, Oh, okay. Puts the car down. Like I'm just going to walk away and pretend like nothing ever happened. But the family, the family seems all right. They're not happy. They're not, they're not great, but we're having a family dinner discussing dash and mom is mad and dad is impressed. Like, Oh, you, yeah. You, you know, you, you, you ran, you ran really fast. Like you put a tack on the teacher's chair and they didn't even see you even on camera. Like dad's impressed as opposed to the normal like response required for a dad. Right. He's distracted. To me, to me it kind of makes me think of like, you know, when a boy tells about how he kisses a girl for the first time versus mm -hmm. how a, a dad responds when a girl says she kisses a boy for the first time. That's what it kind of made me think of was that oh. like that tension, you know, how the mom's just like, uh, and he's like, oh, good job, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I. so dad's, dad's doing his weird dad reaction. And, <laughs> and, yeah. And he's not really paying attention. And he breaks a plate because, you know, apparently he's too strong to even think about his own stuff. <laughs> and he leaves the room. Dash is teasing Violet for Tony Ridinger for liking him. And then we have this superhero sibling fight where we get to see Violet's force fields. Like, yes. I love it. So it, it's, I love this part of the movie because it's such a family moment of like the kids are fighting and the parents are fighting and the baby's just like happy as can be in the background. Like, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, there is a baby. Never yes. brought that part up, but you don't even see where, okay. Where's the baby when the mom is in the office? With Dash. Where's Jack-Jack? Oh, this is a good question. Right? Because I'm like, all of a sudden there's a baby in the backseat. What? What? How? I mean, it's the 60s. Is, oh, yeah. Is, isn't that why kids were on milk cartons all the time? Because parents yeah. weren't watching them? I guess you're right. I'm not just... trying to make light of it. I'm just saying no. I feel like parents didn't, not that they didn't care. They just weren't as vigilant. Yeah, you're probably right. And I don't even think they'd thought about that in the movie or yeah. maybe they did. And they just left him in the car. He was, <laughs> he was fine. The windows were down. <laughs> um, so we got force fields. We got speed. Bob is in the, in the kitchen. And you notice this is one of the old superheroes. Gazer beams missing kind of weird. So then we've got that family dynamic fight, right? Like mom's yelling for Bob, Bob, I need you to intervene. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. he comes in. Mom and has got a hold of both kids with her super stretchiness and is holding them. Dad picks up the table <laughs> and he's like, I'm intervening. And it's this just it's like that family fight, but a little bit extra. We got a little superhero yeah. action and Jack Jack just sitting there like laughing. And this is the best thing in the world. And the, the, the kids are fighting because they want to be normal. They just want to be like Jack Jack. Right. They want to be mm -hmm. I want to be normal just like him. So the doorbell rings, everything goes back to normal real fast, and they find out it's Bob's bowling buddy, Lucius, who is actually Frozone. Um, he kind of, like, interacts with the family a little bit, and then they peace out real quick, because Bob wants to get back to talking about the old days. He, he has not, it's like he hasn't grown up. Like he's mm -hmm. like a little, little kid, and he loved being a superhero, and then they took it away from him because he had to grow up. 
and he's just not ready, which I feel like is like most men in this world. Mm -hmm. They just (laughs) never really get past that 12. Yeah. (laughs) They're just not ready. So they end up sitting in the car listening to a police scanner and we see this character called Mirage who's sitting creepily in a car watching people it's kind of like the opposite of what normally happens you know it's like guys watching the girls but this one it's there's a lot of opposites in this movie i like mm-hmm. it so she's clearly talking to somebody about like oh yeah this is the one or this is you know frozone and he's got this fat guy with him another fat joke carrying on through so bob is nothing he looks different nobody recognizes him that i guess should i don't know he's <laughs> He's he's you know got that a mask. Yeah, yeah. He's gone in a downward spiral. Oh my god, the masks. Yeah. Like, come on. It's like looking at Superman with the glasses on and then like he takes them off and all of a sudden I can't recognize him. Like, come on now. Come on, people. Yeah. How dumb are you? Anyway. <laughs> so they hear about a building that's on fire and Bob gets super excited. And Lucius is like, maybe we should go bowling sometime. And and no. You know, Bob wants to relive the glory days. So they go into the fire, save people, and the building collapses, and they break into this jewelry store. And one of the best quotes is, we look like bad guys, incompetent bad guys. And you got to love Samuel L. Jackson as Frozone because he just, his voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that perfect, like, I don't know. Everything he does, he's perfect in. They get away, and Mirage has suddenly is suddenly saying, no, this is the one. This is the one he's been looking for. So we've got some intrigue. We don't know what's going on. Who's he? Why Why is he looking for him? Does this have to do with the disappearances that Bob was reading in the paper? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, and Bob gets home late. He's got, a little, he's got a little rubble. Got a little rubble on his shoulder from breaking, breaking the building. <laughs> the building was coming down anyway. It was structurally unsound. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I... Like half of these quotes are not written down. I just, it just comes to me because I'm like visually replaying the movie in my head. Like, anyway, I just, it, it's so great. I haven't watched it in a couple of weeks, but I guess that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so he's, Helen's waiting for him and they're bickering. And this is like, again, you know, everybody can relate to like, oh, my mom and dad are fighting. <sighs> and you're the siblings are like, hiding out listening because when your parents fight they always raise their voices and they're mm-hmm. fighting about you know not normal stuff helen found out they're listening to police scanners and trying to like uproot the family again so you so implying that this is not the first time they've moved and then you go back to a conversation that helen had with bob when he was when we first saw him in his little cubicle that he barely fit in at the insurance office she had called and said um, we're celebrating because we're finally unpacked. The last box has been here for three, or the last box is finally unpacked. And Bob says something like, and the last three years have been what? So yeah. it's like, okay, it's 15 years, but they've moved numerous times. And now we know why. Because Bob keeps reliving the glory days because he can't let go. Can't let go of being a superhero. He can't let go. So um, the kids wake up, they hear it. They're like, everything's fine, kids. We're not, we're, we're not fighting. Wink, wink. And then, you know, mom's, mom's mad. Mom's always mad. So Bob doesn't learn. He's still very self-centered. He gets called into work. We flash to work. He basically loses it at his boss because his boss is, <laughs> it's that tiny man syndrome where he thinks he could control people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
his boss is a jerk and he gets super mad at him because he sees someone down in the street getting robbed and his boss is like, I hope we don't cover him. And <laughs> he throws mm-hmm. him through multiple walls and of course gets fired. Rick Dicker is the man who deals with the mess and he's not happy about it. And he goes home and we're like, all right, this is it. Like he's got to deal with reality now. Mm-hmm. False. Yeah, exactly. False. So he hears the thunks onto the trash in the trash can when he's emptying out his like work briefcase. And he pulls out the strange envelope and it's a message. It's like this like tablet, like a like an old age iPad. <laughs> <laughs> in the sixties. Yeah, in the sixties. It's a it's a message from Mirage and it's an assignment. Which if I got some creepy like iPad stuff in my stuff, I think I would not watch it i don't know that's just me maybe it's because i'm a woman or maybe it's because i'm smarter than this guy but anyway so he's just like yeah cool like you know who i am which again shouldn't that be strange like she knows who you are and you don't have your tiny mask on anyway so he's still like super hung up on the old days he's has this montage moment he's looking at all the articles in his little office where he's got it's like a it's like a shrine to himself which is again super self-centered but I like trying not to put pictures of me up. I'm like, everybody else, this is your picture wall. <laughs> I don't want to look at pictures of myself. So he has that moment and like she says, we need your help. Like call this number. So this card pops out and he gets it. And he's like, okay. And he's looking at this cool card about to call the number. And then it self-destructs. The whole family, we hear them yelling. The, the Apparently 60s houses have um, sprinkler systems. Mm-hmm. put in which i mean makes way more sense than like waiting to call the fire department right so for all <laughs> your stuff is fried so that sucks but so the whole house family's yelling and then we see him like drawing books with hair dryer and uh helen or elastigirl is complimenting him on she's like you're sticking with your work i'm really proud of you and you can see he's starting to feel a little bit guilty and then we're like all right he's gonna tell her nope He's going to lie, just like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> he's getting in trouble. And he calls, he lies and says he's going on a conference. Like, oh, work sending me on a conference. Yeah. And they've never done that before, but it's okay. It's new. And Helen's like, oh, this is great. You know, you're, you're changing. You're becoming the family man that you said you were going to be. And Bob calls the number. We then see Bob on a plane, and he is learning about the, quote, learning robot that's taken over the island. And we still don't know who Mirage works for, but apparently he's got a lot of tech because they're on this crazy looking plane and they're putting Bob into this like, like spherical pod that's going to shoot down onto the island. And then one more fat joke, Bob doesn't fit in there. And like, it's like the physical fat joke this time where instead Mm -hmm. of like calling him fat, they're just trying to stick him in there and it's like in, out, in, out, fat, 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 fat. (laughs) it's so mean but like that i swear that's one of the like movie that's that's like part of his transformation where they just rub it in his face all the time and he's finally like oh i've gotta you know become healthy like mind and body and i'll be a better family man or whatever anyway because <laughs> i feel so bad saying that like i'm not somebody who calls out other people who are fat like that's not it's you know what I mean? actually in the movie <laughs> it's in the movie a lot i don't hate fat people it's just a lot of jokes and i feel like it's important because he like it's part of his transformation anyway so he's in his old uniform which is slightly small again shows him like trying to pull it up or down over his like stomach you can tell he's he's like appearing out of shape and he's breathing really hard and we can tell like oh this is the precipice of his transformation 
for the better. Um, so Bob is walking around this island and he sees like evidence of this robot. And then we have this long sequence of him like fighting it. And there's a joke about him like being old and out of shape where he tweaks his back and then tricks the robot or the robot like pulls him up back apart and he cracks his back and he's like, Oh, haha, like I can do this. And long, long, you know, montage short, he beats the robot and is like, peace out. So, so he's happy. He's walking back to like that island house i don't even know (laughs) we we see a side like profile of who mirage is working for and he says you know interesting like sound the all clear invite him to dinner so he's dining with mirage still can't meet we see like a glimpse of who's in charge but we don't see who it is and mirage makes a comment like oh he's really busy he wanted to be here blah 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 bob is it seems like he's flirting. He's like, it's not like a, I don't know. It just seems like he's being a flirt. He's mm-hmm. living. Yeah. He's reliving it made me days. physically uncomfortable. Yes. Like, like you're just like, um, you're married and you're a dad. You're not like, it's both yes. these things. Like, please stop. Yeah. But it's, it's, he's, it's almost like he's finally separating the superhero self from the personal self. Like now he's mm-hmm. like, well, before it was one and he couldn't cope with the separation, but now he's like, okay, I can do this. Like, so he's going to flirt, try to get what he needs and then go home. So mm-hmm. he goes home. Everything's good with his wife because like, he doesn't actually have to go to work now and work was making him miserable. So <laughs> he's happy. He buys them new cars because apparently he got paid really well for defeating quote unquote, the robot. When he's leaving for work, he goes to the train yard and like works out like by lifting up trains, which I think is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> He feels more confident in himself. He has, like, lost some weight. His relationship with his wife and kids is improving. Like, he's starting to transition into that family man that he should be or he should have been for mm-hmm. the past 15 years. But mm-hmm. he still has that whole, like, I'm lying to you about a whole bunch of stuff. So <laughs> until that, mm-hmm. he, like, overcomes that, he can't become his perfect self or whatever. <laughs> so. Right. Enter my favorite character in this movie, and that is Edna Mode. And, of course, the first thing that she says to him when he drives up, mutters under her breath, my God, you've gotten fit. And I'm like, oh, God. It's just Mm -hmm. the way that she says it, and she's, like, so tiny, and her big nose and eyes are, like, up in the camera. It's fantastic. So she catches on to his game really quickly. He's like, I just, I'm here for a patch job. And he's like, and she said, you know, I work with supermodels now, like, and they're not super. And I, I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. So she's like, I don't, I'll fix your suit, but I'm making you a new suit. And he says, okay, because, you know, why not? Somebody's making, it, nobody pays for anything in this whole universe. Do you notice that? <laughs> uh-huh. like, apparently it's free, but that everybody. That is Yes. Oh, yeah, except for that. But she's, I don't know. So she makes, exclusively makes their uniforms. I guess that's good enough you know, publicity for her, but, and she said, he goes, all right, this is how I want it. I I think I'm thinking a cape. And she says, no capes. He's, he says, well, it's my suit. Don't you think I'd get a a say? And she goes into this montage of Dina guy, uh, hooked on a warhead, uh, thunderhead trapped in a vortex, like all these things. Like it shows this montage of characters basically dying because they were too dumb, like to know how to work with their cape. So, no capes. There's that capes coming back, like from the beginning of the movie when Buddy had a cape. More cape stuff. 
she's the wise one. He's an idiot. She, she's like, all right, get out of here. Come back later. So Helen's cleaning and finds, uh, there's a lot of flash, like, to different scenes in the movie, like, really quickly. It's not, like, one flowy, like, timeline. It's everybody has a, a bit. So we're back to Helen. She's cleaning. She finds a hair on Bob's suit, and she suspects that he's cheating. And we know, you know, as Bob's leaving, like, she's really sad, and he's like, okay, see you later. Like, I don't know why you're being so weird. <laughs> but <laughs> he's back on the plane, living large, like, meeting Mirage again, and she compliments him on his new superhero suit that he's wearing, which is now the red suit with the yellow eye, and it's all awesome. She says, like, meet me at 2 o'clock in the whatever meeting room, and, and then they're off. And we flash back to Helen, who's now cleaning the, the shrine room, the Bob's shrine room, and discovers that he had a suit fixed. And she's like, Edna. So we, she calls and basically gets conned to go to Edna's house to talk about Bob's suit. So flashback to Bob living out his childhood superhero dreams in his brand new suit. He's like, he's back. He's, you know, in shape. He's feeling super great. And um, instead of meeting Mirage in the room, he's met by the new and improved robot. So he's getting his butt kicked by this robot. And all of a sudden it looks like he's going to die and out pops this dude. So sure. It was difficult, but you are worth it. Besides I'm your biggest fan. Dun, dun, dun. And we see it's clearly buddy. It's mm-hmm. it's, but his new name is syndrome. And Bob gives him a little jab and he's like, buddy, my name is not buddy. Like the dude who has a a little complex. He's also (laughs) short. I love, I mean, he's also short, but there's a lot of that in here. (laughs) Well, short man complex, but I just, yeah, he like, he monologues about how great he is. And he's like, I, you know, I used to idolize you, but then you, you told me you worked alone and that crushed me. And I realized like, you know, whatever I wanted, I had to do it myself and instead of liking some superhero. So he literally gets caught monologuing by, by Mr. Incredible who tries to like knock him out of the air. And this fight ensues where like Mr. Incredible gets away and Syndrome chases and he basically has to dive off a cliff, swim into an underwater cave and hide behind these bones of this super and he realizes it's gazer beam there's a robot that comes in and like can't find his remains so syndrome thinks he's dead and then we see mr incredible notice the word that gazer beam had shot like out of his beam i beam thing uh, yeah i'm like i don't know what is it like is gazer beam really a superhero or does he have tech too i don't even know probably both he's kind of like um um who is that marvel superhero with the eye thing and he's in the x-men you're asking the wrong person dang it my husband's not here he'd be so mad at me for not knowing that <laughs> i don't know i'll think of it later somebody's sure. gonna be like shouting it when they hear this and be like it's cyclops there it is cyclops okay <laughs> okay so it's kind of like cyclops but he sees the word chronos in the rock and is kind of like huh cut back to alan helen and edna there it is <laughs> and she's like getting into her little special superhero making stuff like part of her house and -hmm. i just love her little setup she like you know does like hand and the eye and the she speaks into it says edna mode and then this little like gun drops out of the ceiling and points it at helen and she goes and guest and i just (laughs) 
and why didn't she just say that immediately? Like, I don't why? Know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was part of Edna's plan. Oh yeah, she's I, she, her whole thing is like shock and awe. I just love mm-hmm. it. So she shows an unsuspecting Helen these like new suits for her whole family, and Helen's just like, "What? What in the heck?" She like <laughs> she sa- says something. Well, my favorite part. She's like the so it's it's smooth as cotton and it's machine washable, darling. That's a new feature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she shows what like the the baby's costume does. Yeah, and at one point Helen goes, "What do you think the baby will be doing?" And yeah, she's like, well, I don't know what I don't know what his powers are. And she's like, "He doesn't have powers." Yeah, like she says, like, "Well, darling, I don't know, but f- uh, what is it like? Fate favors the prepared." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love her. I would watch an entire movie about her. So, yeah, she talks about Jack. Jack has no powers. And, like, you know, Helen's, like, she just doesn't understand. Helen's, like, appalled. Like, you're helping my husband do secret hero work. She talks about... So, Edna talks about men at his age are unstable. And Helen thinks that he's cheating. And she's, like, Edna's, like, um, what? He's just out being a superhero. Like, go track him down. Here's the tracking device. Do you want to use it? And she's thinking about it. And we see Bob coming out of his hiding spot, trying to get into the volcano lair, <laughs> which immediately reminds me of Austin Powers and like Dr. Evil. It's, and I know we had mentioned this earlier, like, or before we had talked where you have no idea what Austin Powers is, right? Yep. Sorry. Oh my gosh. It's fine. <laughs> but I can't, it's, it's like, it, it's, Mike Myers it's the extra. parody. Yeah. It's like a parody of James Bond movies, like about how terrible the bad guys always are. So Dr. Evil's lair. It's just, why would you choose a volcano? That's super stupid. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he's like trying to sneak around without being caught. And he sees this like panel and he's going to go sneak around. So Helen calls insurance care. Like we go back and forth, like Helen, Bob, Helen, Bob, Back to Helen. She's calling and is like, he hasn't worked here for months. And she used, she's like, oh my God, I'm using the tracking device. So Bob is lo- trying to log into the system and he's like, I'm going to use that word that was etched into the cave and, and Kronos and it works. He gets into Syndrome's master computer and then he's looking through and sees all these dead superheroes. He sees Gazer Beam and like all his old friends and all these people who apparently weren't weren't around anymore because they were dead and syndrome's been like at it for a really long time trying to make this robot better he looks into helen and sees that he doesn't know where she is and syndrome uh um lucius frozone he's known because you know they were together and he starts worrying and then his suit lights up and like beeps and he's like ah and he starts like running He's, like, running to get out. And all these, like, the tech in this movie is amazing. All these weird, like, sticky ball things, like, fly Mm -hmm. out of the wall at him. And he gets, like, swallowed up by them. So we flash back to Helen, who's crying. She still doesn't understand that he's, like, being a superhero. And she thinks he is cheating. And Edna has to literally, like, smack it out of her with a newspaper. Like, you are Elastigirl. Go get him. And she... (laughs) she's like okay so she goes home and starts packing her super suit in this little tiny case you notice every case in this movie is like tiny how do they fit (laughs) all that stuff in there come on Mm -hmm. so (laughs) her kids see theirs and like she tells them to stay out of it and and they're like well you're you're packing one too and they you know why do why do you think this is cool and and 
Dash was like, well, that one is yours and this one is cool because it fits me. And and she, Violet. there it is. I'm like, it's mind blinking. <laughs> she, she puts her like hand invisible. She makes it invisible and puts it up to the suit and the suit goes invisible. And she's like, oh, like, oh, I can do, I can do stuff. This is cool. So Helen gets the kids out of the room. She calls in a favor, like from the old days, like I need a jet. So we flash back and Syndrome has obviously captured Mr. Incredible and has strung him up in these like crazy looking tech things again, where his arms are up. It's kind of like in the, in the Jesus pose, like the Mm -hmm. Jesus on the cross. I haven't thought more about that, (laughs) the symbolism, (laughs) but whatever. He's praising him for his ingenuity and hiding behind the bones of a dead super. And then mm-hmm. he calls him lame for asking for help. So it's like, you said you worked alone and now you're asking for help. And, and like, that's a sign of weakness in his mm-hmm. eyes. So Mr. S- or, uh, Syndrome even idolized him for working alone, even though like he was hurt by it. Anyway, mm-hmm. Syndrome thinks he's like this crazy bad guy. Like, I'm so cool. And he's trying to knock like Bob down by saying like, just just making fun of him and, and calling mm-hmm. names and like whatever. Lame, so, lame, lame. Yeah, lame, 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 lame. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so Syndrome tells him like a government plane is asking for a landing clearance. Like, who did you contact? And he's like, I didn't call anyone because Bob doesn't know Jack about the suit. Because, yeah. yeah, he doesn't know. So he realizes when he hears a person's name, it's Helen. Or when he hears them speaking and he's like, like visibly he's shook yeah (laughs) syndrome like plays off of that and like makes him feel worse about it so flash to helen in the suit she or in in the plane she's not in the suit she's in the plane she's like all right i'm gonna go change in my super suit realizes her kids are there freaks out about there being a babysitter for jack jack who she calls and it's another like moment of family she calls and it's just a very quiet like Kari, I really don't feel comfortable with you being there. And Kari's like, don't worry, Mrs. Parr. I, I know. I take all the classes. <laughs> I got this baby thing down. <laughs> She's such a great underrated character. Anyway, kids are there. They're in their suits. Like, the, all of a sudden, there's, you know, missiles are being fired at the plane. And Syndrome is doing it because he knows that Bob cares about them. He doesn't know who they are, but he knows they're important to Bob. So he's like, let's, let's get rid of them and see how you feel. Helen is like, all right, Violet, use your powers. Use your powers. She's like, you've told me always to hide my powers and I can't, I've never made a force field that big. And she's like bickering, like, do it, do it, do it. And she can't do it. So at the last minute, Helen saves them by wrapping her stretchiness, you know, around them. And they land in the water and bicker some more because that's what families do. And then we mm-hmm. flash back to Mr. Incredible, who is devastated. Uh, Mirage says, confirmed hit. Like, he's, like, obviously distraught. He's reminded by Syndrome that he likes to work alone, so this shouldn't be an issue. Somehow Mirage gets too close, and Mr. Incredible grabs him and threatens to snap her like a toothpick. Mm-hmm. Unless he lets him go, and Syndrome says, show me. And he lets her go, and Syndrome's quote was, like, even when you have nothing, you can't even, like, do anything. Like you're mm-hmm. still like broken. You're you're not I'm I'm over you or like I'm done with you. Whatever. He's leaving him behind. So Helen and the kids figure out they have to go to the island where the missiles <laughs> come from. And Dash like runs in the water while they're on a Helen boat. It's like, the most super part of this movie. Yeah. It's so great. So they get to the island and she's like, they're around a fire. She tells them your identity is the most important thing you have. Keep it a secret. She leaves to go find her husband 
and the kids stay in the cave. So Syndrome and Mirage are talking. He thinks he's so cool. Like, oh, sorry about that back there. I knew he wasn't going to do it. And Mirage is like, if you're going to bet with your life, like bet with someone's life, bet with yours, not mine. Like valuing life is not a weakness. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, one of Syndrome's like, Syndrome doesn't understand people. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. He's very inept at social skills. But um, Helen travels... And, and I think that's, I don't know, one of Syndrome's main, like, weaknesses is, like, he doesn't value life because he's killed so many superheroes, like, to get where he is. Where he could have just come out with, you know, look, I'm a superhero, but he invented this entire thing to make himself look better. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Helen travels to get inside the, the lair, and we see a rocket preparing for launch. Violet's practicing her force fields, and Dash is, like, not taking it seriously, just like little brothers do. I've got one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, she says, like, Violet says something like, mom and dad could get killed or worse. They, like, divorced. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. Dash makes fun of her. Like, the bad guys are trying to ruin mom and dad's marriage. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> gotta love little kids. Um, so he goes to explore the cave. And then we notice, like, the robot now being loaded into the rocket. Dash keeps walking until he hits pavement and he does this like cool echo, you know, like, like kids. And all of a sudden um, we see the rocket preparing for launch and then we see fire and Dash sees fire and he runs and gets his sister out of the cave right before the blast would have hit them. So the rocket like takes off and it's heading towards the city. And I think at this point, I think a while back where Helen's like trying to find Bob, we see the rocket like in space and breaking off and going towards the city and, mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, like syndrome explains his entire thing. Yep. Oh no. He explains it to everybody else later. Yeah. <laughs> but they see it on the screen. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think maybe when Bob puts in the password, he mm-hmm. sees it on the screen. So he uh, kind yeah. of has a general idea of what the plan is, but yep. Yep. It's still kind of like this, I don't know, hypothetical. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I totally agree. So he, the kids like wake up in the morning. They, this bird asks for their ID and <laughs> they're like, okay. And then uh, a warning sounds and then they run. So we've got like troops coming out and the kids are running. And, and then we flash to Mirage releasing Mr. Incredible from his shackles and telling him like, your family's alive. They hug. Because he's relieved. She looks more than relieved. She looks like, oh, ooh, like, oh, Mr. Incredible. And Helen opens the door and punches her in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, what a great quote. Like, she, she was just rescuing me. And Helen says, no, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Like, great, great moment. So they're bickering and, like, running. And he's just, like, this is one of the apexes of Bob's growth journey. Is he finally realizes with the, like supposed death of his family how much of an idiot he was that he like missed out and he's he's finally grown up so to speak and and his his growth journey is like coming to an end because he's finally figured out i'm nothing without my family Mm -hmm. so yeah big old chase the troops are chasing the kids they it's a really cool montage where they get to use their powers and dash figures out he can run on water we see violet like you know, she's invisible under the water. She, she, great moment. Like she dives over dash when they're both going to get shot at and puts a force field up. And she is 
suspended in midair in the middle of her like spherical force field and Dash runs. And that's such a great superhero-y moment. And they end up running into their parents and they have this, you know, like they're just happy. They're happy to see each other. And, and I love that moment. They're all like fighting the bad guys and all of a sudden syndrome arrives and like freezes them in the air. And <laughs> one of his great quotes, um, he's like, who is this? You married Elastigirl and got busy. <laughs> it's a whole family of supers. <laughs> yeah, I just love like Syndrome's lines. He's so full of himself. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. So now he's got the whole family of supers all tied up. And they're not tied. It's like force fieldy weird things anyway. All electric. And he explains his whole plan. Like, oh, I'm going to go be awesome i'm gonna see and he shows the video now there's news footage up of the robot that like the plane landed the robots out it started the people don't know what to do with it and he's like i'm gonna go save the day because i can i'm gonna go save the day for this robot and um he leaves he's like i'm gonna be bigger and better than you ever were and Mm -hmm. sell sell my inventions so that everybody can be super so nobody will be and Mm -hmm. that that's Another thing that, oh, I forgot to mention that earlier, like Dash mentions, you know, I want to be special. I want to use my powers to be special. And and Helen says, well, everybody's special. And Dash says, if everybody's special, nobody is. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to make it, I don't know, there's like a full turnaround. Anyway, so Syndrome leaves, the rockets crashed and emerged, and Syndrome's on his way to control it while looking like a hero. Bob is, like, monologuing about how he's been a bad dad and a husband, and he knows how important he is to his family. And we see in the background, Violet uses her force field and, like, gets out. And we're just kind of half listening to him, half watching her, like, release the family from their restraints. And Mm -hmm. she's like, great story. Why don't we go figure out how to get out of here? And it just... I love seeing the family come together as a whole unit, like for the first time. It's so great. Um, this movie is so long, but everything's so important. Yes. <laughs> so, Syndrome. So they, they go, ha- like go to the hangar. Um, Mirage helps them like get into a rocket to, to go like save the city. Syndrome shows up and he's like, I'm Syndrome. And he's pushing his button and like trying to look all, cute and blah 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 and and maybe not cute he's trying to look like a hero i don't know (laughs) and the learning robot because he's didn't think to change that part of the robot because he's so self-centered he realizes he's being controlled by syndrome's like wrist remote control shoots it off of him makes him crash and he passes out so the family arrives they're bickering about like which (laughs) this one really hit home because like they're, they're in this RV that traveled in a rocket and mm-hmm. they're on the freeway and they're bickering about which exit to take. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is totally my parents right here. So he um, bought, they park, the family's like having a great time. Bob is, he's like, I want to fight this robot alone because I'm not strong enough. And Helen's like, I can fight with you. What is the deal? And he's like, I can't lose you again. Like he's, his arc is now complete. He's fully realized like his, place in the world and his superhero self is actually back with his family self like everything is Mm -hmm. all in one he he can't be one without the other and so he he cares more about his family than himself the family works together frozone comes they have this really cool scene where they take the robot down 
Bob realizes that the only thing that pierces the robot's armor is the robot itself, which is how he defeated it earlier. And everybody's happy, like, except for Syndrome. He wakes up, he sees Mr. Incredible winning again, gets super mad and flies off. So Rick Dicker comes back, tells the family, like, they're in this limo, that, like, they they froze his assets and they're looking for him and he won't even be able to sneeze without them knowing about it. So mm-hmm. Helen's listening to all the messages left by Kari babysitter about their special baby and like all of a sudden so Helen's starting to worry then she's like thanks for the replacement (laughs) and they rush over there because they're like we didn't send anybody else and we have Syndrome who has Jack-Jack Syndrome's like you know he does this monologue about like I win I've got your son now and he blasts through the roof with the baby and then far enough away into the sky on the way to Syndrome's like ship we see Jack-Jack with some powers. So he's like silver and heavy and then he's angry and red and he rips out Syndrome's hair and is like climbing all over him. Mm-hmm. And he rips off one of his boots and messes up his flight pattern kind of like his dad did. Um, yep. And full circle, he drops Jack-Jack on the way up. Bob throws Helen who catches him and he's normal again. The family has no idea he has powers. Then... um he gets syndrome gets to his plane and says this isn't over i will get your son and he bob throws a car at the plane and when that happens syndrome falls out the door and gets caught up in the engine by nothing else but his cape whoop, whoop, whoop. so all these things had reason so boom plane explodes house explodes violet um saves the family by using her force field the family is now whole and complete um everybody violet we end the movie with violet being more confident they're at a track meet and she asks out tony reidinger dashes on the track and he's like he's got a number two on his chest his family is yelling for him to run but not too fast pull it back but don't make it too obvious like make it like mm-hmm. a good show and the, everybody else is like looking at them like what the heck <laughs> so, <laughs> what is happening here? yeah so he leaves the silver trophy and then all of a sudden like this big you know car ship thing emerges from underground and we have this the underminer and the family looks at each other, puts on their masks, and prepares to take on the bad guy. That was really long. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I Like you said, this isn't a movie that could be, I mean, you could do, like, you know how those, like, tell a story boring or whatever mm-hmm. is, like, happening on Instagram right now? Yeah. It could be like that. But I feel like you would you would miss so much. Agreed. Yes. I I feel like, like you said, every little bit of this is super important. So I think that's great. I'm going to share a few of my, my little thoughts. Love it. Not as many as (laughs) what you had. And I interjected some of these as well as we were going. So like the newsreel at the beginning, it, it really is such a great setup to introduce us to what's happening with the supers. It doesn't just say, this is what happened. Or, you know, like it gives us a backstory without it being, too dense but also giving us enough information i love it to know what's happening yeah um and then one of the things that i'd always thought was that munisaberg is where the film is but actually the pars are living in metroville munisaberg is where like the actual like big scene where bob ruins everything Mm. plays and then um i also went and looked up like we were talking about it's 1962 I knew I had that number somewhere in there. 
And thinking about that, like the tech that Syndrome had, like the tech that Syndrome had, I mean, I don't know. It could exist right now. I'm not working for the government or anything. (laughs) But like, I mean, I feel like that's advanced tech even for today. So I just thought it was really amazing. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll talk about characters. I normally tell a list, but you really talked about all of them. So (laughs) I'm just going to jump in and say that my favorite is Elastigirl. I feel really, like I said before, I feel really bad for her when, like, he's flirting with Mirage. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, please stop. Like, this is very upsetting. Mm -hmm. And she she doesn't let up when Dash is getting away with pranking his teacher either. Like, she's not like, okay, just because you got away with it at school doesn't mean you're going to get away with it at home. So who are your favorites? Well, Elastigirl's great. I mean, I I like that she is a strong female character. I like that we are getting more strong female characters in cinema. Like, we need that. Mm-hmm. Girls need that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, I just love Edna. Edna says exactly what she means. She knows how to use her words to get what she wants. Her one-liners are fantastic. And... I like that the director, a male director, did her voice. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, And then I liked Syndrome, too. Uh, I like the actor who plays him. I like Jason Lee. Um, He's good at playing that strong, self-important, like, like, he's a bad guy. He's, like, he does the good, like, lead, like, stuck-up dude. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I I liked his one-liners, too. Very quotable. Yeah. So as far as like how they relate to other characters, you talked about this a little bit. Like Mr. Incredible is definitely supposed to, in my mind, be a Superman-esque character. Yeah. And, you know, he's seemingly invincible. I definitely get Star Wars vibes from the from Syndrome Slayer, which mm-hmm. is obviously not a character, but <laughs> it's the best place to talk about it, in my opinion. And then I've always thought about like how the Avengers like roll. I'm learning about the Avengers right now. Hmm. And as we're watching through the canon, I'm like, Ryan, this is just like the Incredibles. And he's like, no, it's not. And I was like, they're having to go into hiding. They're having to not use their powers. How is that not like the Incredibles? And he's like, (laughs) whatever. So anyway. Marvel came first. Yes. Yeah, my husband's super into we're we're both into Marvel, but he's got comic books and he's he's the comic book guy, so he knows a lot more about it than I do. But um yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think I like the behind the scenes thing. I talked about that earlier, like behind the scenes of superhero life and how mundane they have it. I mean, anytime I get a DVD, the first thing or we used to get DVDs and Blu-rays, oh my gosh, I'm dating myself now. It's really <laughs> lovely. When we get a download of a new movie, <laughs> we like we watch the behind the scenes stuff because I love seeing the making of the movie or like, you know, the gag reel where they're all having a good time. And this just felt a lot like that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll move right into quotes. What are your favorite quotes from this movie? So I like, I don't know. I think in the beginning when they're talking and the big like setup of like, Hey, we're superheroes. What could happen? Like that's mm-hmm. by Bob. Like that's one of the, one of the best ones in the movie. And then um, I just love the one, the quotes that are funny, but also have a lot of meaning like Edna barking anything at anyone else, like no capes or like you are a last girl, <laughs> get mm-hmm. it together. Like she just, she has no apologies for anyone else. And I just, yeah. I think, I think those are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Mine, 
I've got two from Edna and I've got one from Elastigirl. So Edna's one you already mentioned earlier. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. <laughs> and then um, you reference this one, supermodels. Nothing super about them. Spoiled, stupid little stick figures with poofy lips who only think about themselves. I just thought that was really funny. And then Elastigirl said the most, like, mom quote ever when they're on the plane and she's trying to get Violet to use her power. She says, I know what I said. Listen to what I'm saying now. Exactly. I feel like is the epitome of a parent or even of a teacher. Like, I know I'm, I've said something that's like, they're like, but you told me not to do that. And I'm like, but do it. Do it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Well, and she, yeah, she says that a lot. Like in the beginning, I don't know, she changes her tune as well because being a superhero is a part of them. You know, it's, yeah. it's not something they can separate. And I think she finally comes to that realization like Bob does too. But yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to jump right into talking about sequels. Yeah. I mean, like you said at the beginning of this, we'd waited so long for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this movie now in prep for this episode, I didn't realize how bad the graphics were. So you bad. Know? Like, yes. <laughs> you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is like a bad video game. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, 2004 graphics. Yeah, which were amazing then. Yeah. Oh, um, it's I not remember... as bad. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I remember listening to the commentary for this movie and hearing the animators talking to, I don't know if it was the writers or if they were talking to Brad Bird, who's the director, about how when Mr. Incredible puts his hand through his suit where the hole is and them saying, well, can't he just like see that the hole is there because him actually putting his hand through the hole was like a big deal for animators. So I just think it's really interesting because this movie did break grounds in some ways, but also, like, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not cute. I I think, though, like, it seems like every Pixar movie, they get better. Like, they've, mm-hmm. you know, it, I was going to say it's not as bad as the first Toy Story movie. Oh, where, oh, my gosh, where the, the, the worst part of all the Toy Story movies was the human beings. Like, they mm-hmm. figured out how to animate everything else, and they made these awful-looking humans. So by mm-hmm. the fourth one, it looks pretty good, but you watch the first one again, you're like, holy moly, how could they mm-hmm. have gotten it so bad? But I'm assuming it was difficult back then, so that's probably yeah. why. Um, yeah, the sequel, though, ah, I was so happy when it finally came out. And the fact that, like, the most of the movie, we got this, like, payoff of seeing Jack-Jack's powers come out. And like mm-hmm. the family got to work together and, and I, you know, now that I have my own family, I related so much to watching Bob try to raise his own kids. Like it just, that part really struck me and, and, and yeah, I thought that part was really funny and very true to life and got to love that strong female again too. Like mom's going to go save the world now while dad stays yeah. home. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk favorite moments. My favorite moment is the one that we talked about where Edna is showing the Jack Jack suit. Mm-hmm. And Helen's like, what do you think the baby will be doing? What's your favorite? <laughs> I loved the sequence where the kids are discovering their powers and fighting the bad guys and the family fights together. And like, you can just feel the camaraderie and the family to like love they all have for each other and how much they enjoy 
finally being their true selves. Okay, we have made it to our final (laughs) thought. Yay! A few things that I want to talk about as far as like the movie. Mm -hmm. This is one of, if not the only, Pixar movie to not feature the Pizza Planet truck. Which I had no idea. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I, I'm curious why it was left out. I, yeah. I'm very intrigued. I should have done that research, but hmm. here we are. Yeah. And I haven't. <laughs> so um, as far as Disney parks, Disneyland has the Incredicoaster, which you've ridden. Yes. Since you've been at Disneyland. Yes. it Disneyland's my jam. I've never been to Disney World, but the Incredicoaster used to be something else and now i love it california screaming yes and it was fun but this is much more i i I mean i connect so much more to this movie and the the roller coaster is so much fun yeah and then disney world has a meet and greet with edna mode and last summer they had the incredible the most incredible summer ever and they would have black parties with all the characters except edna um, I say all the characters. I think it was just Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, and Frozone. Mm, yes. That there were kids. Yeah. Um, but it was just a cool little part of Hollywood Studios. That's that I, Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then there's the Nom Nom Cookie at both both parks. Yep. And it's just so good. It's and giant. So yep. I want to make one. I keep seeing like Disney Hungry, I think, has made one. Oh. Yeah. I might need that. Yep. It's fine. Because we're that's where we are in quarantine, making other people's recipes. Let's go. Right, right. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter and TikTok at Princess and Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.